Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode of Full Circle Healthcare brought to you by MedSphere. I'm your host, Gabrielle, and today I'm so excited to be joined by David McFarlane, who's actually the Marketing Communications Manager at MedSphere. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about how digital health can save rural healthcare. David, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. Hi, Gabrielle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I went ahead and gave you a little short introduction there, but if you could go ahead and start by giving our audience a little insight into your name, title, and just what it is you do in your industry. Uh, my name is David McFarland. I'm the marketing communications manager for Medsphere Systems. We are essentially, uh, in a nutshell, we're a health key, healthcare IT services and uh, products company, uh, which means we basically try and help hospitals, clinics uh, navigate the uh, IT landscape with regard to the care that they provide. And this can take a lot of different forms in terms of actual software systems that we implement and train. And we also provide services like IT desk, um, support for existing IT personnel in, inside the hospitals um, and things of that nature. That's in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Well, thanks, David. Yeah. Uh, could you please begin uh, by maybe discussing the current state of rural hospitals and healthcare today? Like, what are you seeing? Well, um, what the industry is seeing is that there's, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that we're facing a crisis in rural healthcare. Um, since 2005, um, we've closed over 150 hospitals nationwide. Uh, we closed, I think, 18 of them in 2019, which was a record. Um, and uh, midway through 2020, we'd closed eight more. So um, it really is a situation where uh, rural health care, and by that we really do mean people who live in rural areas and need care, um, are approaching a fairly dramatic crisis situation. Well, what are some of the primary factors or the main challenges that you're seeing uh, coming with rural care? You know, I think to sum it up, it's that the business model that has been established for most of healthcare and that most hospitals pursue is not viable for rural hospitals. Um, you know, in America, we treat healthcare like it's a business, like everything else. But healthcare is actually its own unique entity. And treating it as though it's a business that would function like selling software or anything else sometimes does a disservice to the people who actually need the care. And it treats the environment in a in a way that's not unique and it has unique challenges and we have to recognize those. So you said that we treat it like a business. Well, would you say that the rural health business model is flawed in any way? I think you'd have to say it's flawed. Yeah. I mean, when you're seeing it not working to the extent that over 150 hospitals close over a certain time frame. Um, when you see the existing hospitals, I mean, there are about 40 states right now in which a large number of hospitals are operating so close to the margin that they're considered threatened. So, you know, that's a tremendous number of people whose local care is threatened. Um, and so you'd have to say that the business model on which they operate is, is not really functioning the way you'd like to see it function. Well, how can digital uh, health help here, you know, with the state of rural healthcare being the way it is? You know, uh, digital health is an essential component of um, any solution that really gets to the heart of what's um, plaguing rural health. The important thing to recognize it is, is it's not a panacea. It's not a cure-all. There's the idea of uh, necessary, but not sufficient. Digital health is absolutely necessary, but it's not sufficient to cure all of the ills that plague rural healthcare. A lot of those are financial. A lot of those, as we already discussed, are based on the business model. Um, some of them are also based on um, federal and state requirements. 
there are things that rural hospitals are required to do that they probably shouldn't be and that actually contributes to them ex spending more money than they need to. So all of those things have to be assessed in cooperation with digital health to address the challenges that rural healthcare faces. So you said that digital health just isn't sufficient. Why is that? Uh, because the nature of the problems that they face are not necessarily based on just improved efficiency. Um, there are a lot of uh, rural America is kind of in a bad place right now. Uh, the population is generally older. Um, it's not as well educated. Um, it's lower income. So all of these things sort of coalesce within a healthcare system. A hospital in a rural area is obviously probably the number one source of care for everyone who lives in that area, but also it's usually a large employer. So there's a lot of data that shows that when a hospital pulls out of an area, the mortality rate goes up, the um, average individual in income declines, so and hence the poverty rate rises. It's an anchor for the community in a way that a lot of other things aren't. And so I think you have to assess the challenges from that perspective, not just, oh, it's a hospital. No, it's 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 an anchor for that community, perhaps more so than like a large academic facility might be in an urban area where you could have seven hospitals to choose from. I mean, if you're in New York, you do have seven to 10 hospitals within, I think, within Manhattan to choose from. So who would you say? Don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not quoted. So who would you say are the players uh, in any effort to salvage rural care? Well, we're one. Medsphere is absolutely one. And in part, that's because you need to come at this with a particular philosophy and business model in mind. There are some really large players in healthcare IT, um, and they primarily take care of large academic um, and health systems, um, big urban centers that have relationships with other big urban, urban centers or have an extension extended network throughout uh, large cities and states. And the, the price point for those solutions is generally so high that a small rural facility simply can't afford uh, to buy the solution. So what other players and projects are necessary? You know, I sometimes I have to hesitate to say this because I don't think people like this explanation. But in this particular case, nothing gets done to fix rural health care without government cooperation. Now, in, in rural areas, the government is the payer for most people's care almost half the time. So the government's almost um, is already deeply involved. But if Medicare is the payer for the local residents half the time, you know that you have to cooperate with who the payer is and you need to involve government, not just on a federal level, which is where the Medicare dollars come from, but on a local level, perhaps more importantly, the community has to be engaged. The state has to be on board to understand what's going on and perhaps facilitate relationships between that individual isolated rural hospital and the big university center in a city or something like that. I mean, because there are 10 states in which none of the rural hospitals are threatened. And so we can make some assumptions about the business model that they're using, perhaps being one that could be adopted in a lot of other areas where there are challenges. So why would you say that rural health is an enterprise that government should be involved in? Could you expand on that? Sure. Um, it's, it's going to sort of sound like a cop out if I say that there's uh, there are certain um, responsibilities and coordination efforts that there really is no other entity who can pick up the uh, pick up the stick, so to speak. Um, government has to be involved because that's where a lot of the funds will come from. There are 
public money is available. Um, these are the kinds of things that local citizens find worth investing in because it's it's uh, their health, it's their local community, it's their job base. There is no other source of of um, funds of funding for a lot of these rural hospitals. No significant for uh, source that makes any difference other than. And the American Hospital Association has said, other than philanthropy, um, the AHA um, in a recent review, in a recent report, identified philanthropy as something that hospital administrators, the local leadership, should make a part of their strategy and a part of their budget by developing relationships with people who are inclined to make those kinds of contributions. That is beautiful if you can get it. But that's based on the whims of individuals and individual families. And with government, if you were if you were to pass bonds or something similar in order to fund a local healthcare district, that money is then um, more readily available and more reliably available than I guess it might be in a philanthropic situation. I mean, if somebody's generous, that's great. But that money could be withdrawn at the drop of a hat, potentially. So philosophically speaking, is there an opposition uh, to the idea of extensive government involvement in rural health care? Well, this is America. There is a philosophically, there is opposition to the idea of, be, of government being involved in most things. I, I honestly think that people would be less opposed to the idea of government involvement in healthcare if they were aware of how involved government already is. Um, government is the single largest payer in the country in terms of where people get their care and where they get their insurance. So government is already involved. But I think the important thing to note is with rural hospitals, we're not talking about um, a massive federal government coming in um, and dictating what happens and where. We're talking more likely about municipalities, health districts, and states who get involved and ask these rural hospitals how can we ensure that you survive? We're your partner. We're not going to dictate to you necessarily what you have to do. Those There are some state regulations that hospitals have to observe. But there are more from the federal government, which is one of the things that needs to be adjusted, honestly, for federal health care, or excuse me, for rural health care to really succeed. So as we start to close this conversation, would you say it's time to develop a new business model for rural care? It's past time. It's past time. We closed over 100. I mentioned it over and over again. I'm beating it. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. We closed over 150 hospitals over a period of 20 years. We're faced with additional closures in the near future. It's time to look at what those 10 states with no threatened rural hospitals are doing well, and then to take that business model and start to apply it to a lot of other states. The most unfortunate thing, actually, is that most of the states where hospitals are most threatened are in the south. Well, there's a tremendous amount of poor health and a tremendous amount of poverty. So that's the region of the U.S. that probably requires more assistance and more ingenuity than any other. Well, David, how is the state of rural broadband and uh, telehealth right now in correlation to healthcare? care? Uh, good question. Uh, this is um, complex. Actually, this is an area in which government involvement is not just desired, but it's essential. We know uh, from previous efforts by private companies to extend broadband out into the rural countryside, that it's not an endeavor that pays for itself without charging astronomical rates for people in rural areas to access broadband. So 
I think it was in the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act. There's a there's millions, if not billions, of dollars to extend broadband access to the countryside, to rural areas. That will help a lot. And really, um, the viability of telehealth and, and honestly, all of healthcare, but rural hospitals in particular, are really banking on telehealth because it gives a small rural hospital access to a large academic facility. You can dial in doctors in these areas can collaborate um, with specialists in urban hospitals or doctors in these urban hospitals can act, can actually see patients who are living in a rural area. For telehealth to be effective, you have to have a reliable connection. If it drops in the middle, um, if anything goes awry, then the value of it drops to almost zero. So this really is a foundational challenge that has to be rectified on a broader scale for a lot of the digital technology solutions to really be effective with rural hospitals. Well, that wraps up today's conversation. So a big thank you to David for joining us on today's podcast to talk about ways that digital health can save rural health care. Thank you, David. Gabrielle, thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. Of course. And as always, if you want to learn more, please visit medsphere.com and look for this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at.